Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. This is a Rocker Room production. In Red Nation, it's Jeremy Brenner here on the mic, and tonight we are recapping Rockets Lakers. It's real late, but it's been a while since I've been able to give a super high energy podcast. It's about 1 a.m. here on the East Coast. The game just went final, but I'm super excited to talk about this game with Mike Brown, my co-pilot. Mike, initial thoughts on this on this uh, tough loss tonight. I still hate the Lakers as much as I did last year. <laughs> uh, no love lost. No love lost at all. Like, honestly, congrats, Kyle Kuzma and Wes Matthews. Like, you beat a G League team, and it took you all the way down to the wire. I mean, congrats. I mean, whatever. It would have been really nice to force them into the playing tournament with a win tonight. Uh, I'm still 
proud as hell of these guys. I mean, I think I thought they played their tails off tonight. Yeah, you know, I'll say this: the Lakers are probably going into that locker room tonight. They're probably not feeling like they're not they're not cheering up and down. That's for sure. And it looks like Mike um, kind of got lost in here, but I see people requesting to speak, and I will let them up shortly. But yeah, final score: Rockets lose this one, one twenty four, one twenty two. Some some quick tidbits from the box score for the Lakers. Taylor Horton Tucker leads all scores for the Lakers with 23, and he also adds 10 assists. Andre Drummond also with a 20 and 10 night. Kyle Kuzma 19, 10 and 7. But for our Houston Rockets, uh, tied for the game high with 24, Kelly Olenek and Armani Brooks. Really happy with Armani Brooks tonight. That's definitely something we'll we'll dive into later. Kelly Olenek, also a great night for him. Although that final possession, which of course we'll discuss at some point during the show, he did not have a very good final possession. But that doesn't take away from the strong game that he had. 24 points, 6 rebounds, 8 assists for the Olenek Clinic. But I have Yanni, who is... Uh, requesting to speak. So, Yanni, welcome to the Dream Take. How are you? I'm good. How are you, man? I'm well, thanks. And I'm looking at your profile on Locker Room right now. Uh, it's a picture of LeBron, so I'm going to take a wild stab at it. Thank you, Lakers guys. So, uh, yeah. from a Lakers perspective, give us how you're feeling after this after this game. Well, uh, a big part of me feels good because we won, of course. And we won because two really good clutch players, Kuz and uh, Wesley Matthews, who has been a godsend to us for the past two games, including this game, of course, defensively. But on the other hand, we, we almost had – we almost – not well, we almost lost to the Rockets, which is not a good thing. And, like, we're not talking about the James Harden Rockets or anything. We're talking about the current Rockets, right? So I feel like the Lakers need to get better at blow, just, you know – steamrolling past bad teams because most other teams could do that you know and again we don't have the we don't have the broad until later you know this week hopefully because i was surprised that he wasn't playing tonight but that's okay um we don't have lebron we don't have ad because of the groin the tightness uh or whatever it said on the injury report i think it was like a thing i don't know what it was but uh we didn't have lebron or ad we didn't have caruso and we obviously don't have schroeder until you know uh hopefully this saturday but I'm still happy that we won. It's just that I wish we could improve on some things so we can beat teams like this in the future more handily. Um, but I'm glad we won, and uh, I'm glad we did it because we like because of clutch plays from our very important guys on our team. So and that and that proves that they can step up in the clutch. So, um, but yeah, and I didn't watch the whole game, but I watched a good portion of it. So um, yeah, very very good game from both teams of the offense. Uh, both teams, you know. Play, really playing their hideout on that end, and uh, yeah. But as a Lakers fan, I am happy, but I also see room for improvement. So, yeah. Look, if Alex Caruso played, he would have had 16 points or something like that. And the Rockets <laughs> and the Rockets would have lost by about 18. So 16 plus two. But uh, no, so Mike, Mike got what I was saying, and our and our loyal listeners will understand as well. But uh, yeah, no. And if LeBron played, probably would have been another 23 or so points, and then you're looking at a huge blowout. But yeah, you know, obviously, it's weird when you're playing this late into the season. I mean, obviously, the Rockets are have been playing shorthanded for what feels like the whole season at this point. And the Lakers also have been playing very shorthanded for a while now. And, you know, obviously, I guess from a Rockets perspective, you would have loved to have um, this, this win to kind of just, you know, stick it to the Lakers. Because obviously, you know, there's no love lost between Rockets and Lakers fans. But I'll say this. 
uh, you mentioned Wesley Matthews, and I'm glad you brought that up because that last possession for the Rockets on offense, uh, Wesley Matthews came up with the biggest play of the game. And he got – he was able to poke the ball out of Kelly Olenek's hands. Now, the thing with Kelly Olenek, though, is he's been playing a lot of point guard lately, point mm-hmm. forward or whatever. And he tends to sometimes give up the ball because he's not the – He's not the quintessential ball handler. There's certainly better ball handlers in the NBA than Kelly Olynyk, but just because Kevin Porter's been out, he's been getting a lot of time on the as the primary ball handler, and that's just a result of of where the Rockets are at this point. They're just they're kind of filling in the filling in the holes and just playing players wherever. And the thing about the Rockets is, and I think a, lot, a big reason why a lot of these you know, nobodies are playing well. If you think about it, look at the eight guys that played tonight, right? You have Jay Sean Tate, Armani Brooks, Anthony Lamb, Cam Oliver, and Kyrie Thomas. Five of your eight guys were free agents at some point this season. I know Jay Sean Tate was much earlier in the season, but that's five guys they basically got off the street to play in this game. And then you have Augustine and Olenek who were in trades, and then KJ who you drafted. So, like, a bunch of guys the Rockets are playing, and I think the reason why the Rockets have been playing well in a lot of these games is because they have nothing to lose. They have absolutely nothing to lose. They they, they know they're the worst team in the league by record, and they really are just, you know, fighting for their NBA life in a way. And, and when you play that kind of style, you – tend to not, you know, think so much. Whereas the Lakers, who are playing for, you know, a lot, where, you know, their their playoff playing, you know, lives are on the line. So they have a lot to lose, and they're not playing at full strength, and they know that, yet they need to, you know, play their best. And sometimes that mental aspect of the game can get to some players. But that, I think, just go. I think this year especially has shown how important depth is for your team, even for the best teams. If your team, if your team needs to have one through seventeen, if you count those two two way spots, one through seventeen needs to be. You need to any one of those guys needs to be ready to go into a game at any point. And you know the Rockets have definitely shown that. In well, the Lakers have shown that as well. I mean Wesley Matthews, who was, you know, who knows if he'll play in the in the postseason at this point. I mean, considering how he's played lately, he's definitely a good defensive stopper. I think we could totally see that come into play. But look, the, the guys that played tonight, that this is not the playoff rotation for the Lakers. I'd be shocked if it was. Um, but considering the fact that you didn't have Crusoe, you didn't have Anthony Davis, you didn't have LeBron, no Schroeder either. You know, this team is going to look very different uh, in the play-in series slash playoffs for them. So that, I think, is a big reason why the Lakers kind of played down to their competition in a way tonight. They They just simply we're playing for a lot more than the Rockets. Yeah, but I still don't think the Lakers are going to make the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, um, Yanni, for, what, what do you think about the Lakers? I'm going to let some other people go, but before before you head out, what is the Lakers' forecast right now? What do you think? Let's assume LeBron is there. Let's assume AD is there. How do you think the Lakers will end up this postseason? Uh, very good question. Uh, I get that question a lot, actually, for different people, but uh, I personally, as a Lakers fan and as a LeBron fan, and I just, you know, my perspective is basically like if we're all healthier or healthy enough to have most of our guys able to play at a high level, 
Uh, I think we can get to the uh, conference finals, and if we get, and if we get, you know, like a, a superb performances from LeBron, AD, and the rest of our role players play well, which I think they will. They know they have a lot of them have playoff experience. They know what to do in the playoffs, and, if, and even they don't have enough, like, like have as much as other, you know, like a previous Lakers season when we won the t- a championship. They still have enough experience in big pressurized situations where they can definitely. Um, impact the game, you know, in their own way and, 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 you know, help us win. But I think we can make the finals. But the question is, is if we get there, who, depending on who we're facing, whether it's the, the Bucks or the uh, – and that's obviously – or the, uh, the 76ers, depending on who we face, we have to have a different way of looking at things. And, you know, defensively, offensively, how many minutes LeBron and AD have, I mean, how many minutes AD plays at the five, all that stuff, right? And who's about power four, maybe Trez or something. But depending on our rotations, depending on what we do in the playoffs against whatever team we're facing, whether it's the Clippers, the, uh, the Jazz, the uh, Suns, whatever combination there is, uh, whether we're in the, 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 you know, the play-in or not, I personally think that we can get there. I just, I'm not fully confident that we will get there in like dominant fashion because we do have stiff competition. We do have other teams that are just as good as we are, if not better, in certain aspects. But I do think that when we're all healthy or healthy enough to play at a high level, I think we can beat all these teams and get to the finals at least. I mean, you know, and, of course, we get there when we get there, uh, how, how we can somehow win the championship again, go back to back. But I think that it is a tougher, you know, obviously tougher season this year for us, not just because of the injuries, but because of the competition in the West. is even better than last year. And, uh, but I think we can get there. Uh, it's just, but it's, the question is how we're going to get there, if we're going to be healthy when, we're get, when we get there, of course. And how we're gonna, you know, utilize, utilize our strengths defensively and on offense, besides our stars as well, to get to the promised land. So yeah, that's my perspective on that. Perfectly. All right, thanks, Yanni. Appreciate. It. Oh, sorry, Mike. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say it's it's perfectly put. I I don't know, man. I, I think at their best, I think the Lakers can win it all. I just don't see it. I don't believe in the role players this year as much as I did last year. Like, if you're counting on Wesley Matthews for legitimate minutes in the playoffs, the Lakers are in trouble. Well, that, that's how I see it. It depends on the way – the thing is, I actually like Wesley Matthews in, a in like, a 10 minutes kind of role where he is defending, you know, a Devin Booker or, you know, a long line – like a – or maybe like a Michael Porter or something like that. But to me, I think what tonight showed is when Andre Drummond is on the floor – they have a difficulty with defending the perimeter. And if and if another team like Utah or Phoenix, who's likely going to be their first-round matchup, should they stay in that seven spot, though both those teams shoot a lot of threes. And if they put five th- uh, capable three-point shooters on the floor, that's where the Lakers are going to struggle because Andre Drummond on the perimeter is exactly what teams want. It's why the Rockets were able to make as many threes as they were tonight. So, I mean, they had, they for, look, the Rockets have obviously had their struggles from three, but 18 for 42, for 40, almost 43%, that's pretty good. So, that and that's really good for the Rockets. It's definitely above average for them. So, that is my biggest concern for the Lakers. But What do you, is, what do you think is the, I mean, in, in that type of scenario, I mean, what is their, their quote-unquote death lineup. You put, what, Anthony Davis at the five. You got LeBron on the floor. Um, That's Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about the Lakers being able to play drum. Like, the thing is, 
Yeah. Drummond is part of their best five. I, I'm pretty like I'm pretty confident that he would be part of their best five. But with that, and, and with like if you put Andre Drummond and Anthony Davis on the floor at the same time, I know they haven't played too much together. But if you have both those guys that are like close to the paint, no one's getting in that paint. But the thing is, the teams that they're going to be playing are not going to be driving into the paint as much as they are going to be shooting threes in the perimeter. So that's a good point. Well, so to me, I think. I think they're going to run some kind of lineup with, like, similar to the I, – I'd, I'd assume that Montrez Harrell may if – if you're not playing Drummond, you're probably playing Montrez Harrell, although he has struggled um, in the last couple of weeks for them. So I'd say it's probably something along the lines of, like, Caruso, uh, maybe KCP, LeBron, AD, very similar to their finals team, honestly, because that's the team that had the most success. Right. Uh, I do – like, Schroeder – um. Yeah, I forget about like maybe something like Truder Caruso, um, LeBron, AD, and like either Montrezl or Kuzma. I think they get. I think the one aspect though that you got to look at it seems that they're going to go up against. You know, Denver's got Jokic and uh, Phoenix has DeAndre. Jokic AD is something that I would love to see. But... Oh, right. Yeah, I love that last season too. Yeah. Yeah. You can get away with having Drummond on the floor if you're playing. A Phoenix, or you're playing Denver, or you're playing Utah because you got Gobert, you got Aiden, and you got Jokic. That you can put Drummond out there. It's it, when they take those guys off where I think the Lakers will struggle. And I'm not, I'm not. I hope the Lakers lose in the first round. I hope they go out of the playoffs as soon as possible. So we, can... Mike, Mike is not a Lakers fan. No, Look, I can tell. Breaking can tell. news. Breaking news. <laughs> uh, but Yanni, I got other people in the queue. So if you have any last. Uh, any last words before I send you back to sure, the Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you for having me, by the way. And uh, last thing is that the main point about, like, you know, our, like what's going to be our lineups in the playoffs, like in the clutches, of course, also. I think the beauty is is that besides LeBron AD and probably, like, KCP or Caruso or something, I think almost every other Laker is dependent on the matchup, dependent on the game, if they yeah. get, like, substantial minutes or not. That's the beauty of it. And, that, and that's the thing that Vogel's done a great job of last season. He's going to probably do a good job this season of that. I personally think that if they continue to do what they did last season with different personnel, of course, I think they can go far. But uh, that's what I think, and that's uh, uh, what's, what's going to happen. And uh, I appreciate the chance that you know I, I got for being on here. Thank you, Jeremy, for uh, you know for bringing me on. And uh, yeah, for sure. Guys. Absolutely. All right. Bef- before Yanni goes down, everyone double tap his profile so you can gem him up. And I'm going to give a one going once, going twice, and you're back in the gulag. But we're going to bring up Jay now. If Jay, you still want to come up, uh, I'm going to bring up Jay. Thank you for being patient, Jay. Uh, but welcome back to the Dream Take. How are you, my friend? I'm good tonight. How are you guys doing? How are you doing, Jeremy and Michael? I'm doing absolutely horrible. I, hey, I man. Hate, I hate it when we lose. I hate it when we lose, man. Living the dream. Living the dream over here. What you Living got? the dream take. But yeah, what's up? Listen, man. Losses to the Mavericks and the Lakers for me they count as five losses. So I I totally feel what you're saying on that. Um, but look, really quickly. So I gotta say I got a little problem with the last guest you guys had. Um, yes, y- Yanni. Yanni. So um, this is something that's d- me living out in LA. This is something that's endemic with Laker fans. He felt like the Lakers, in his eyes, his perspective, the Lakers should have won this game by a sizable margin. And here's the problem. He doesn't see that without LeBron, without AD, the Lakers are a marginal team. 
they're they're a forty one and forty one squad in you know in a regular uh, extended season, eighty two game season. Kyle Kuzma, newsflash, not a star, and that's shown by the numbers he put up tonight against the pedestrian Rockets team, very young, full of mistake makers. He doesn't go off for thirty. He doesn't even go off for twenty five. He contributes, yes, in other ways. But those other ways show that he's just one of the others. So, no, the Lakers shouldn't have won this game by X amount of points. They won by exactly what they should have won by because you take away their superstars and they're living the life of the Rockets. Almost. But the second thing that I wanted to mention was, Michael, you said you hope that the Lakers lose in the first round of the playoffs. Absolutely. I will see that first round and I'll raise you. I hope they lose in the second play-in game because that would be far more embarrassing for LeBron to have come to L.A. for three years, get one championship, and two no-shows for the playoffs. That's all I got to say. I appreciate it. I, I, will say, I think even if that were to happen, you, Jeremy, I don't know how you feel, but I think you they woke to- up. You woke up and chose violence, man. Yeah. Like, I think you have to. Like, you, just want, you just want every bad thing to happen to the Lakers. And I don't think you're alone. I don't think you're alone. You're definitely. But well, I mean, also, I wake up. I wake up that way every day. But <laughs> yes, but I, mean, this, I don't think I don't think that's possible for the Lakers, especially if LeBron and AD are playing for them to lose two playing games. Especially considering the fact that you're probably going to get like the Spurs in, in game two, or or so here, well, here's, like, it'd be like the Spurs or the. Here's what I envision. I don't know who it is, uh, like, Steph. Steph and crew finds a way to beat them in that first game. And the yeah, that wouldn't game, surprise me because Steph can do right. Steph and, and can, can win a game on his own. But, like, I, so I that think, second game, like, now think, we're talking. I don't, think Memphis or, I don't think Memphis would get the win. I don't think, um, I don't think San Antonio would get the win over, over the Lakers. But, Jeremy, think about it. Okay, we're talking about uh, a LeBron and an AD that, quite honestly, I mean, this is coming up. We're talking about next week. They don't have the time to get to 100%. And I'm not that sure that this isn't the year that LeBron's body is finally like, hey, dude, I can't do it anymore. Or AD, you know. He did say know. that his ankle, like, he's not, like, he, he doesn't think he's ever going to get back to 100% before that Something's ankle. going on with the both of them. I promise you, something's going on. And I don't I don't wish for injuries. I, I want to see everybody healthy. I want to see the best NBA basketball we can see. But what I'm telling you is if you play the averages, Memphis, it, they're, they're far removed from the grindhouse. They're, they're not the grit and grind. But they're still a tough, young, physical squad. Ja's going to be out there. Who's the kid? Uh, Triple J. They, they've got some kids that can go get it. And they're very physical. So... All I'm saying it's is a tall task. You know, it's a tall task right. for them to go from grit and grind the kids to beat yeah. the defending champions. I'm not out of the realm of possibility. And what that's it, so what we're what we would be watching is an NCAA tournament game, and you know yeah. how those games can go. So I'm here for all of it. I I am too. Like, <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this. I I'm I like LeBron. I've never disliked LeBron more than I do this. I feel like the guy's more interested in life after basketball than his on-court performance. Like, I think he's over it. I think, I think Jay's right. 
I think he's he, he has a built-in excuse now. Oh, I was banged up all year. It's not fair that the league started so quickly after we had our our run to the title. It's not fair. Dude, shut up. Like, you get paid $40 million plus a year to play basketball. Go figure it out. You have more right. talent on your team than you've ever had. And this is the way you want to act? I hope they lose. And then, you know, ESPN's going to have to find something else to talk about. You know? But yeah. I don't know. I, I still think they've got enough to make it to the second round. I don't think they're making it to the conference final. So. Well, the thing about the Lakers I don't see it. is, is like, like Yanni said, the one, th- like the one thing that I really connected with them on is the fact that the Lakers are very matchup-based. And and who they play is very dependent on the matchup. That's how they were in the playoffs last year. And I'd imagine that's how they are this year. But also, Jay, you bring up the point that they they aren't 100%. And they haven't had that time that everyone else has had. But also, if you think about it, very few teams have had like a consistent amount of games to where they're going to play their guys and it's their crew that they're going to run in the playoffs. Like Utah isn't going to play Donovan Mitchell until, you know, midway through the playoffs. Um, You have the Nets. James Harden just came back tonight. You have the Lakers, another team. But teams like Denver, Phoenix, who has been pretty lucky in terms of the injury bug, that's where I – like, to me, if Phoenix matches up with the Lakers in the first round, that will be the best first round series we've seen probably since Spurs Clippers in 2015. Who would you take in that matchup? I would, would take the Suns. I would take, I the, take Suns the Suns because I think that that matchup is just really bad for the Lakers. Because, right. uh, like I mentioned earlier, if you put Drummond on the floor and Drummond is part of their best lineup, he's like you have to like the Lakers have to play Drummond in order to win a series. He's he's crucial to their success and. If you play him against the Suns, you're likely leaving some guy open that is really good from three, like Cam Johnson or Dario Saric. Or, you know, I could totally see. And then the Suns have a versatile enough of a team to where they can put a group of five guys out there that the Lakers just simply can't match up with. And well, to like, me, like, yeah. that is very, very scary. Unless they play Aiton. I mean, if you put Aiton on the floor, if you're... if you're But the thing is, the Suns can... Like, obviously, Aiton is a big part of their success, but the Suns can succeed without him. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm with you. Like, in that matchup, if they put Cam Johnson on the floor, they're going to combat him with probably Morris or Harrell. I I think the West is going to be so much fun in the playoffs. I'm probably going to watch more playoff basketball this year than I have in a while just because of the matchups, depending on who it is. But I think this is... A I feel full- like I think the it's a Lakers... Full- Sorry, I was, I was just going to say, I feel like the Lakers are going to experience a little regret over the players they let go. The Rondos, the Dwight Howards, the JaVale McKees, because those are really key players at certain points in that playoff run. Because, you know, let's, let's not act like they had an easy run last year there were points where they struggled and there were points where they really, especially Rondo, especially Rondo. Schroeder's no, uh, Schroeder is no Rondo. I mean, yeah, but you still got, you still got Caruso. You still got the pieces there. I mean, they have a ton of talent. They're battle tested too. That's also something yeah. that we yeah. haven't really I mean, talked about. 
But like Jeremy said, Jeremy said it perfectly. It's all about matchups for the Lakers. I just I don't think they match up well with Utah, and I don't think they match up well with the Clippers. I don't think they match up well with the Suns. I think the Clippers. I, honestly, I, I'm taking the Clippers to come out of the West. Ultimately, yeah. I think the Clippers point, are the best team, top to bottom. At this point, I'm starting to feel like a Lakers podcast. I I don't want to you know right. waste too much hey. more breath on them, <laughs> but I do have a guy in the chat right now. He's talking about Cam Oliver, and we haven't mm. had enough cam oliver chat on this show so uh lachlan i'm gonna bring you up if you would like to come and speak he he was mentioning in there but lachlan welcome to the show and how are you doing yeah all right what's up i'm hey man i've been a lot better i can tell you that but thank you jay i appreciate you coming on uh i was gonna send you off but uh thank you jay and uh, lachlan welcome to the show so i i hear you're you're big cam oliver guy Mm. Oh, I cover the NBL, so I, I know love the ins that. and outs. We absolutely love that. So, um, you know, we aren't – I mean, we know Cam Oliver through the, the two-plus – like the two-ish games that he's played with the Rockets. He did the Vipers and shit, didn't he? Yeah, and, and he's, you know, been with – he, he signed on as a rookie in 2017 with the Rockets in Summer League. But you probably have a lot more Cam Oliver knowledge than we do. So I want you to kind of give us – your Cam Oliver 101 course in about 60 seconds, so go. He's a 6'8 center, small ball center in the NBA, roughly two-size NBA, uh, NBL center. Key points, very big boy athleticism, can stretch the floor, good rebounder, not a elite rim protector, but does enough to annoy the other team. And then offensively, he's a rim diving machine and... Wouldn't call him an off-the-dribble threat, but he's not useless as well. And it helps that Scotty Machado's been running pick-and-rolls with him for two years. <laughs> that's that's another former Rocket, Scotty, Scott Machado. Um, but that, that's a very, very small world. But, I mean, Cam Oliver tonight, pretty efficient. 17 points for him in just 22 minutes, 7 of 10 from the field. I want to say on Monday when he played against Portland, he had 13 points, 6 of 10 from the field. So he likes to take, you know, smart shots, which, you know, the Rockets could definitely uh, definitely use more of. But, you know, it's it's funny because Cam Oliver comes at a time. They signed him to a 10-day contract, which is actually a contract for the rest of the season because there's less than 10 days in the season from when he signed that contract. So to me, like, Cam Oliver's playing for a summer league invite at this point. And assuming there is summer league this season, which that's, you know, totally up in the air. I'd assume, though, that considering where we are as a country right now, I, I would like to think that there would be some kind of summer league, even, even if it is in like a bubble atmosphere. I, I'd like to hope that there's a summer league this year. And I think that Cam Oliver would make a lot of sense for the Rockets in the summer league. You know, exactly what you said, you know, six eight small ball center. He fits exactly what uh, the kind of guy the Rockets needed. Uh, you know, there's been several kind of guys that have that same archetype that, that Cam Oliver has. And whether or not he'll be that guy, it's probably not likely. But, you know, having him these past two games has definitely been uh, a help. That's for sure. I like Well, him. there's the there's a little thing where, well, who's your assistant coach who played in the NBL? Will, Will Weaver. Weaver. Mm-hmm. And then who's the guy he brought over who was on his Jay championship losing team? Jay Sean Tate. So it's, that's what we saw with the Pelicans, that they have Didi Lazada just brought up. 
after being a draft and stash in the NBL, but they also brought over Will Magnet because they've been watching the league. And mm. the Rockets could slowly keep picking away at NBL rosters and make a little team. But the thing, Oliver shouldn't be in America right now. The NBL's still going on. He should be with the Taipans. It's, his mother has had um, sort of like medical issues, so he's taken the rest of the season off to go stay with her and look after her. But then, because he's there, he's just doing a 10-day contract. So typically, this wouldn't be happening right now, but he's just over there and he's balling. So we might... Like the NBL might lose him. He kept, like they've got the buyout in his claws, so we'll see what happens. But from what the experience is, it might look like the Taipans might not have Cameron Oliver next season. So I'm glad that you brought up Jay Sean Tate and Will Weaver too, because I want to know how do Aussies feel about Jay Sean Tate right now, and they and I guess those that follow the NBA, how does like they see what Jay Sean Tate is up to? What how do they feel about that? Um. Well. Sorry, give me a second. Um, well, the the NBL is a pretty niche. Like, it's probably one of, like, the fourth or fifth more important sport in Australia. There's a lot of other ones that people care about. So mm-hmm. it's more of a tight-knit community. But they enjoy seeing Will Weaver over there because we all knew he was a very good coach. And then we like seeing how he's bringing over his players. And that sort of builds the connection between the two leagues. And that helps possibly Aussies getting over there more. Like, Will Magne was only brought over because right. they watched the league a lot because they had DD down there. So we might see other guys get called up for Aussies. We like we sort of claim the Tory Craigs and the Jay Sean Tates and all the rest, but it's more we'd be more excited about Aussies getting those opportunities. But obviously the imports are pseudo-Australians because they play here. <laughs> Can I just say that I love Australian culture? Like... Like it's I mean, totally it's not like much. not basketball related, but I like I want to go to Australia so bad. Like I I really love the culture down there, where like there's very like a much of a tropical vibe, but also there's like that... in one state. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then but like there's it's more than that. Like there, yeah, you can go to like the coast and you know have like the Gold Coast kind of vibe, but then you can kind of go closer inland and they have like you know basically like the middle of Texas kind of where it's just kind of, like, you know, desert, but it's really pretty. Like, Mike, if you, like, go in the middle, like, you know, back me up here. Like, yeah, I've been. I love it. I was you've been to Australia? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, you didn't take me with you. Uh, well, you know, it was before I knew you. Um, that, doesn't, that doesn't excuse you from doing that. Well, my sincerest of apologies. That, that's kind of rude. But anyway, but <laughs> I point. really want to go to Australia really badly, especially considering the fact that they are so, you know, especially when they treated COVID as well as they did. Like I was just like, made me, well, I'll say this as an American and, and the way Americans look at you, at least from my point of view, I don't want to speak for all Americans, but we look at, I look at Australia as one of the places that COVID was, you know, treated very well. So in hindsight, there could have been a lot of things that done better, but overall I imagine it was pretty good, but the gold standards, probably New Zealand. Yeah, that, well, New Zealand is great too. I, I love New Zealand, but uh, we could totally do like some kind of, you know, what we should do, Mike. We should just go. We should just one one for one podcast next season. We should just go down under and just record a podcast and come right back. Do you know how far that is? Like it's seventeen and a half hours. I think I flew into Brisbane from Dallas. It's a seventeen and a half hour flight. So, Not to mention the that's fucking only, that's grand plane ticket. 
<laughs> yeah, there's also the fact that there's 46 animals there that can kill us upon seeing us. Okay. okay? Lachlan, what is your favorite Australian animal? My dog. See that. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. I like that. No, but my favorite animal, like, of all time is a kangaroo. So, like, that's definitely, like... You're not missing much. They're just big bastards with feet. (laughs) They actually actually taste pretty good, too. Yeah, kangaroo mate is pretty good. Rude! I'm just saying, I've ate kangaroo before. Okay, but I'll say this. Like, I don't know. I just... I I empathize with a kangaroo a lot because they kind of jump. They're very free... You know, they're Are very you as fit as a kangaroo? Look up buff kangaroos. Exact. I am a buff king. <laughs> okay. I, I've been at the. I've been working at the gym, but also like they're very, they're very care, they're very caring. Um, and I just, I don't know. I've really, I really empathize with the kangaroo. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, I, we're we're kind of going very off subject, but um, yeah. So. Lachlan, I'll ask you one. I'll ask you uh, one last question before I send you off. But um, Cam Oliver, do you think that his future is in the NBA? And name someone in the NBL right now that you know could come to the NBA. Who's the next Cam Oliver? Who's the next Tory Craig, Jay Sean Tate that that you know Rockets fans or NBA fans don't know about? And maybe we could have a redux of what Jay Sean Tate was for us this season. What was the first one? <laughs> the, his future, like Cam Oliver. Do you think his future is beyond where he's at right now? And, and then the other who one, could be the next, the next one, MBL product yeah. to to make their jump to the NBA? Um, well, it depends more on the team itself. Like I can see Cameron Oliver being a third string center who averages like 15 minutes a game as like that small ball matchup dependent center but you'd still want your like Hartenstein or something to be your real backup center to post up people properly mm-hmm. and like you know defend the ring and post but I I would like to see him because he fit he's like an, an athletic Daniel Tice who's not as good as a like nail defender like, like there's, there's a place for him yeah, and, and who who from the NBL could you see make the jump into the NBA next season? Well, there's two kinds. There's the, the import, which are non-Australians and non-Asian, you know, um, mm-hmm. Japan and all those guys. They get special exemptions. Um, and then there, and then there's the Aussies. And I'll give you, like, two from each. It's, well, I'd say one guy, one guy was already there for a couple, like, a game or two just on the bench. Will Magne is, like, a six-foot... 10 shooting yeah three-point shooting Mm -hmm. shot blocking center who got waived in the season but he played with the Erie Bay Hawks and he's going to play with the Perth Wildcats for the NBL finals so that will be on Twitch and that you can watch him if you want to give him a watch he's young too so he'll he'll have a path um another two other Aussies that come to mind is Isaac Humphreys who you'll remember with the Hawks he's Mm -hmm been an elite shot blocking center and just does all the right things so he might have a chance um the other guy is jock landell he's just an, an all-star role player and i think he might have a shot um there's a couple other guys like jack white maybe one day played with duke um justinian jessup is a next star which was like the lamello yeah. program he might come over with the warriors next season um, he was drafted by the warriors i believe in this 54th uh, overall yeah so they might yeah, call him up like next a staff season. year um and 
there's obviously Josh Giddy in the draft. He's playing with the 36ers. He's going to get drafted, so that doesn't mm-hmm. count. But um, I would really like him for the Rockets. I've, I've, I've watched a little bit of his tape. He looks pretty good. He would be fit. someone the Rockets would could really use. But, um, yeah, Lachlan, thank you so much for being a great sport. And I know I kind of took the piss out of you for a little bit, but uh, uh, thank you for your knowledge as well. It's definitely something we for appreciate sure. on here. But uh, before Take I care. send you off, uh, Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. Oi, oi, oi. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> I, had, I had to do that. I had to do that. But thank you, Lachlan, for being a great sport. But we're going to go from Australia to the U.K. right now. Uh, with Jake. I'm also going to add our third uh, piece to our team here, Ray Lucas. Uh, Ray uh, is coming at us from the West Coast. Uh, so, Ray, welcome back to the show, as always. And we're also going to bring in Jake Mountford from the United Kingdom. We're just we're just globe. We're the Harlem Globetrotters today. We really are. Well, you no. also have, don't have any animals that will kill you, so... Hey, <laughs> hey, you never know. Well, I mean, you'd be very unlucky, but I'd be surprised. <laughs> but, Jake, uh, I know it's probably, like, you know, morning now where you are. The sun's probably up. Uh, yes. You're probably already getting your brekkie and all that, so uh, welcome brekkie. back to the show. <laughs> uh, did you get any sleep last night, or did um, you really stay up to watch the Rockets? So today was my first day back at work. I'm actually there now. Um, oh, well, welcome back to work. Yeah, thank you. So uh, but I was like, I, I was, I got into work. And I was like, you're a bit early so you can chill. And I was like, oh, I'll jump into the locker room. Why not? So I was like, yeah, so I'm here before that. But um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't sleep because I wanted to watch the Lakers game. You know, in, in hindsight, it probably was a mistake because we lost. But yeah, it is what it is. Well, I, the season's almost over, so... Not, hey, not... Sleep is for the week. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Facts. That's what I've been saying all season. But anything anything to add from, from tonight's game? I was actually going to have a question for you guys. Um, yeah. So, yes. I've been watching... Obviously, uh, Michael has been very high on Armani Brooks when we first got him. Um, and I was I was the same you know, at the start, the honeymoon period, where he was like really shooting well. And then he, had, he, you know, he dipped a little bit when he lost a lot of minutes, and then he, he's come back. And I think he's been brilliant for the for the Rockets in this time when we've needed him. And I was just wondering if that does it does he warrant a contract next year for the Rockets? Do you see him in this team next year? That's a great question. Uh, first of all, he went to the University of Houston uh, Final Four participant this past season. Just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> Uh, also the American Athletic Conference champion, University of Houston Cougars. Nobody says that, but yes. Okay, so I, <laughs> um, I'll be honest. I think he does. He's – I'm not sold on him on the defensive end of the floor just yet. I think at worst he's an upgrade over Ben McLemore, and he's cheaper and he's younger. So if Ben McLemore made the team this year, which he did, there's no reason Armani Brooks couldn't make the team next year in that role. And I think you could do a lot worse than Armani Brooks as an end-of-the-bench type guy. I don't think he's a starter by any stretch of the imagination, but I think he's the perfect type of guy to have on this team who's cheap, young, can still develop. I think he needs to come into his body frame a little bit more too. I think in real significant minutes, if this team is playing at a high level, he would get eaten alive on the defensive end by a majority of guards in this league. Um, but if he's in a, a limited role on a good team, which I think this Rockets team is going to contend for the playoffs next year, I think he definitely has a spot as an end-of-the-bench type guy. 
Ray, do you have anything to add about Armani Brooks and his prospects of being on the team next year? Mine isn't necessarily about Armani Brooks, but it's about more so of the young players in Houston. I'd, I'd be hesitant to get attached to a lot of those guys. Obviously, um, that doesn't include uh, Jay Sean Tate and KJ Martin and like the guys who play a lot of minutes. But I just I feel like there's going to be a lot of teams that are above Houston and that are looking to add pieces that are going to be really intriguing for guys like Armani Brooks. Like I think they'll there'll be teams that come around and kind of prod at the role players of Houston throughout these next, hopefully not too long. Hopefully they become a regular playoff team sooner than later. But I think it's just like kind of like how the Lakers took KCP away from Detroit. Um, Houston, when they had James Harden, took Christian Wood away from Detroit as well. I just I feel like I can see that happening with a lot of these guys who are showing that they can play. And that was kind of off subject, but that's what I got. Yeah, you know, Ray brings up a good point is, you know, I think a lot of us forget that guys like David Nwaba played for this team last year, although he is a free agent. But also, like, Eric Gordon was on this team. Sterling Brown was on this team. And if you ask me, like, you know, would you rather have Armani Brooks or David Nwaba? I'd rather have David Nwaba. And that's nothing against Armani Brooks, but David Nwaba is just a more complete player. And the reason why the Rockets have had, I think, what, like, 29, 30 NBA players this season on their roster, it's because they've been so injured. And in reality, like the reason why the Rockets are as bad as they are record-wise is because they're not good to begin with, but also they're playing their BC team at this point. Like they're playing the, the JV backups. And that's the thing is, you know, most of these guys were playing in the G League, Anthony Lamb. Uh, Cam Oliver was, you know, didn't, you know, play anywhere near the NBA this season before he came to the Rockets. Um, you know, same with Armani Brooks. Although, when you say Armani Brooks, that's probably the one guy out of all of these, you know, like the Daquan Jeffries, the the Anthony Lambs, all of those guys. Armani Brooks, in my opinion, is the one guy out of that whole group that could stick because he is exactly what the Rockets were missing at the beginning of the season, which is a, a, a three-point, you know, lights-out guy. And it's not that he's the best three-point shooter in the world, but, you know, the Rockets needed a lot of that. Remember when the Rockets could make a single three, like, in the middle part of the season during the losing streak and all of that? Like, when Armani Brooks came to Houston, like, that changed, and it opened up the whole offense. And, you know, having a guy like him is going to be super crucial moving forward. And I do... I do like Mike's comparison of a, of a Ben McLemore type. Like, I could see him on this team next year as, like, a 10th or 11th guy. Doesn't necessarily play every game. But I think Armani Brooks, like, in, in nights like tonight, proved why he has a little bit longer of a life in the NBA than an Anthony Lamb or a Daquan Jeffries or any of those type of guys. He's also, I mean, he's a knockdown three-point shooter. Exactly, which is exactly what the Rockets need right now. Yeah, and I think, like I said, I think in in an offseason where he, a big key for these guys is, you know, is the weight room. I mean, Christian Wood needs to hit the weight room every single day and put on it. I'm going to get, like, Christian Wood, like, a bed. 
I think we should all donate Christian Wood a bed and put it in the weight room so that he doesn't have to leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he has the personal chef from from the Rockets probably, and he has the nutritionist and all that. Just needs a bed. Do you think that – I, I I think Cameron Oliver's got a chance to stick too. I think him and and Armani Brooks are the two guys. A little too late, in my opinion. But I will no. say this: the fact that the Rockets have a lot of these young guys is going to make training camp extremely competitive. And we also think about the fact that you know there's a chance the Rockets have three first round picks. That's three more guys you're adding into this equation next year of guys that could get minutes. You also add Eric Gordon. You add like DJ Augustine. You add a bunch of guys that are already on, on contract. Then you add the free agents that the Rockets are inevitably going to add. This is going to be a really competitive uh, training camp where it's not just going to be about, like, the last, you know, you know, last two spots like it usually is for Rockets camp. It, like, the last, like, like, guys will be fighting between the end of the rotation and not making the team. Like, there's going to be a lot of guys in there that, are unproven that are looking to prove something and it's going to make for a better Rockets training camp and it's going to make for a better start to the season because you have guys that are competing for legitimate playing time and legitimate roster spots right away from the jump and I think that you know at this point the Rockets just need to bring in as much talent as they possibly can and as long as they do that the the cream will rise to the top and the Rockets will have as much as they can. But in terms of the talent they've added during the middle of the season, in my opinion, Armani Brooks is a decent margin ahead of the the rest of the pack. Wait, yeah. so I have a question. I have two questions. Yeah, oh. right. What's up? For one, do you guys think that Kevin Porter Jr. plays any Summer League at all? And two, are we celebrating if the Rockets win Summer League? Uh, we will celebrate any time the Rockets win. At this point, we haven't had <laughs> yeah, I'll take it we haven't had point. enough Rockets wins. I will throw a parade if the Rockets <laughs> win one singular summer league game. So if they win the whole thing, we're shutting down the city of Houston. We're going down Kirby. It we're we're making the parade. A championship of championship at this point. But um all kidding. You're gonna aside, you're gonna be by yourself on that one. Hey man, <laughs> a parade is only a parade's only one person, that's all you need. And and to be honest, I have enough energy to where I could bring in other people. Like people will just follow me because I'm there. So, um, but also to add to your second question, um, no, I don't think Kevin Porter plays uh, summer league. I think he played that. I think he played summer league in the bubble. Like he doesn't need it. In my opinion, I like if Christian Wood were playing summer league, which is obviously not going to happen. Then I could see maybe why Kevin Porter would. But at this point, I the the summer league guys are going to be like Anthony Lamb. Uh, you know, Armani Brooks will play summer league. Cam Oliver. Uh, I wouldn't Saquon be too surprised Jeffries, if they like had. Uh, I wouldn't be too surprised if they had Jay Sean Tate play summer league just to I don't help. Think Jay Sean Tate's playing summer league. He's the third best rookie in the league. Like he's not. I don't think he will. I don't think he will. I I I like the question about Kevin Porter Jr., but I think he's way too important to next year's team to have on the court. More, I would be intrigued. If we get the number one pick, I think Kate Cunningham will play in the summer league, which I will be equally excited to watch. No, yeah, the Rockets, like all three rookies or however many rookies the Rockets have, will all three Rockets draft picks, assuming they do have three, will play summer league. Um, 
if there is summer league and we're, we're, we're assuming summer league is going to happen, but it's not confirmed yet or anything like that, or at least I haven't seen it confirmed or anything. But at this point, like if does Cade or not Cade, does, does Kevin Porter, does Jay Sean Tate, do they have anything to prove in playing summer league? No, summer league is a proving ground for guys. And I don't think that you're going to get anything new or you're going to get anything improved out of, those guys if they play summer league they, they, they've already played against you know like kevin porter dropped 50 on and and had drew holiday guarding him for most of the game like what's he gonna do when you know joe schmo for uh like for the random team that they're playing that night uh, like he's gonna drop like 100 and and like it, that's not worth it because summer league is just like kevin porter can find other ways to develop himself without playing summer league and give Summer League, give some other guys a chance, in my opinion. Yep. I agree. But, yeah, Jake, any last words before we sign off? Uh, not much. Just wish me luck in my work day. <laughs> uh, hey, wish you luck and uh, some sleep, hopefully, at the end of the work day. The Thank Rockets you. are off Thank tomorrow, you. so you should be safe for that. Yes, yes. Uh, Thank you, guys. Thanks, Jake. Feel free to double-tap him on his way back to the Gulag. Sending Gulag in three, two, one, and you're gone. But now it's just family. It's just me, Mike, and Ray as we sign off on this episode of The Dream Take. Thank you guys so much for sticking with us through this hellhole of a season. But we wouldn't want to go through hell with anybody else. Then you guys are loyal listeners. Thank you to everyone who listened to us live on Locker Room. Uh, Extra stars for you. Thank you to our guests today. Um, We had Jay. We had... Um, Yanni, our, our Lakers correspondent. We had Lachlan, our Aussie correspondent. And of course, uh, number one Dream Take fan, Jake Mountford from the UK. Uh, Ray and Mike, thank you guys so much for coming on with me today. Feel free to drop your Twitters now or forever hold your peace. BSW Podcast underscore MB. At Raymond Lucas Jr. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. You can also follow the Dream Shake on Twitter at Dream Shake SBN. You can also follow the Dream Take on Twitter at The Dream Take. We're live on Facebook for Friday's show. Michael Brown will be fronting that. And then on Sunday, the season finale of The Dream Take, where we put this season to bed. We're going to do so uh, in style. Uh, hopefully celebrating a win over the Hawks, who just clinched their first playoff ticket in five years today, I believe. So congrats to them. Um, but we'll we'll see them on Sunday, and we'll send off the Rockets, and this hellish season uh, will put it to bed. You know, And Jake will have a little uh, extra sleep, because that will probably be an afternoon start. Uh, so yeah, thank you to everyone who listened to this episode. Be sure to head to the dreamshake.com for all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. Again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in this episode. And until next time, go Rockets. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical.
Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.